This is Bucks First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're not allowed to do a better job than the Democrats favored by the corporate media. That, that's a, a, a rule now. You may not have seen it or, or read that posted anywhere, but it's true. Because Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is under assault from all across the country now, from the libs, from the Democrats, who insist that what he is doing is reckless, who insist that the state of Florida is some godforsaken hellhole, when in reality, everybody who goes there says, uh, how do I move here if you live in a blue state that has been under lockdowns for months and months and months? If you live in one of these Democrat-run tyrannies and you go down for a visit to Florida, you say, oh, so life is just better down here right now. Why don't I get a piece of this? And they hate him for it. They hate him also because now they're just making incoherent arguments. Incoherent arguments. New York Times writing about how Americans must ensure that their masks are doubled up or tightened up now. Those of you who listen to this show every day know that I have been on this for many months now. I've been telling you they're going to tell you double mask. They're going to suddenly discover, oh, N95 masks are, in fact, considerably more effective than the little cloth mask you have on. They're going to figure out that bandanas do very little and... They're going to tell you that this is now the grounds for new mandates, new restrictions, more power for them, less freedom for you. And now here we are. Let's just go over this argument for a second. I want to get back into the Florida situation because I think that that now is going to be the, the primary struggle for liberty in this country is going to play out in many ways with Florida versus the federal government. The Biden administration cannot allow the success of the sunshine state in the face of covid to continue. They have to create a different narrative. And if they have to cheat somehow, if they have to create a travel ban for people from Florida or to Florida. Oh, that's already being reported. They're thinking about it. That's right. The place where everyone's going to escape the idiot tyranny of the Fauciites. That's the place that has to be punished. But let's start with their argument on masks. And this is why I have been once again throttled on Twitter. So people can't see what I say on Twitter. They show it to maybe 3% or 2% of my Twitter audience. Thank God I have this show. I have this radio program. I have my podcast. Thank God I can actually still reach people and make these arguments in this way. Because if I try to rely on the social media platforms, they shut me down. They shut the guy down, to be clear, who is documented as saying in October of last year, the double mask mandate is coming. It is now the middle of February. And guess what? CDC guidance is double mask or wear a more tightly fitted mask. That's the way they're going to try to get around this. So it's enough of a CDC mandate to harass you. So now people can say, "Um, excuse me, sir, can you put two masks on before you come into my store. And if you don't, someone's going to say, why don't you take the virus seriously? But when you see politicians and people who are telling you to be terrified and they're clearly not terrified of the virus, 
They'll say, whoa, my, my mask was very snugly fitted. Remember this. Do not forget it. It will be essential to understand what is happening in the months ahead. The worst tyranny is not the absolute enforcement of strict rules. The worst tyranny is the capricious enforcement of arbitrary rules. Some people get punished. Some people don't. Some people have to live with these extreme measures. Other people always get a pass. Because how do you even operate in a society like that? It's actually just all about power. It's not even based on, on shared belief and shared principle at all. There's no shared goal in a society like that. It's just people wanting to control you. So now the guy who tells you, me, that this is what's going to happen. How did I know it was going to happen? How did I know that we would get to a double mask mandate? Well, I looked at what was happening in countries all over the world where they were relying primarily on their mask policy to bring down COVID-19 cases. And you couldn't see a clear correlation. And if you can't see a clear correlation, how effective can it possibly be? And, and you sit here and you, and you look around, you say, also, if this is so straightforward, I mean, this is the primary argument that I've been making for a long time. If this is so straightforward, how is it that the the height of the medical profession, that the top of the National, the uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, Dr. Fauci, who, you know, I, I think is really. He's like the evil little, you know, Rasputin in a lab coat of our time. I mean, I think this guy is a nightmare for civil liberties. I think he's a nightmare for the politicization of medicine. I think he's awful. I want to be very clear about this. And he's been wrong and he never admits it and he won't stand up in favor of freedom. This guy's the worst. How is it that exactly, give or take a few weeks, a year ago, he's laughing at the idea. We have a pandemic coming that we believe has a four to five percent fatality rate. That was a year ago. As we know, it's le considerably less than one percent. But we thought it was four or five percent. That was what the early reports were. And it was spreading all over the place. And Fauci basically waved his hand. It might make people feel better to wear masks, but it really doesn't do anything. That's a year ago. And they can't erase that. They can, they can shout at you. They can yell at you. They can do this. If it's that effective... I mean, can you imagine? Do, do you think that, you know, uh, do you think that a doctor would go on TV and say, hey, you know, turns out, you know, the, the polio vaccination, we really don't think it's that effective. So, like, you know, no one needs to get it. Don't worry about it. And then a year later, go, actually, the only way we're going to defeat polio is with the vaccination. No, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't change their tune that dramatically on something so essential with so many lives at stake. And they say it's obvious. Remember, they didn't do some brand new study. They'd, they didn't have some new scientific discovery. It's, oh, what do you mean? Of course we all have to wear masks. Of course, a year ago you were saying it was dumb. It was silly. Why do they have, people go, what about doctors? Doctors wear a mask in a limited clinical setting properly fitted they change them they wear fresh ones and even then they can still get sick but they're directly exposing themselves we could all walk around with helmets on because of falling debris from buildings but construction workers more important they wear helmets right how many construction workers do you know have actually been hit with debris on their head probably zero but 
in that one situation, in that one case, it, you know, in that limited circumstance, it's fine. What we're doing now is we're all construction workers and we have to sleep with our helmets on all the time because you never know when falling debris is going to happen. Right. I mean, they've expanded our risk parameters into silly territory. Meaning that we actually we can't allow for any risk in society. And this is how I, I saw this coming, because the places that are the most I mean, they were smug. I mean, there was an arrogance in California. You remember this with Gavin Newsom? In the middle of the summer, the weather was a little bit warmer. Yeah, we masked up. We know what we're doing. I had people that were telling me, friends of mine who are libs, because I do have lib friends. Yeah, so what if there's all these BLM protests? They're all masked up. It's not a problem. And I'd say, is that really the, is that really the standard now? It's not a problem to mask together in close quarters when you're, when you're masked up. That's interesting. Let's see how that, let's see how that turns out. And then the explosion of cases in California, explosion of cases in New York, in New Jersey, all across the country. And you know what they're saying now? Mask up even more. This is from the New York Times piece. Dr. Brooks emphasized that masking, as Americans currently practice it, is not insufficient, but the new advice offers an opportunity to take it to the next level. Oh, okay. Quote, now we're worried about forms of the virus that may transmit more efficiently or undercut the utility of existing diagnostics, therapeutics and vaccines. We need to up our game to slow the spread of the virus. The real problem, folks, they won't say it this way because then the public might realize what a bunch of clowns who don't understand life tradeoffs and policy we're listening to here. Um, And, you know, the great Barrington Declaration has essentially been scrubbed from the Internet. The thousands and thousands of doctors and scientists who are saying we're doing this wrong. Scrubbed. Took it down off of Facebook. It's like it never happened. This is Soviet Union level cleansing of history and debate and thought. It's going on in America right now. But see, the real problem, the reason that we have all these issues with COVID-19, it's not that this is a virus that spreads easily among human beings and there's no way the government is going to be able to protect you from this. Uh, that it's, it's not any of that. It's We didn't do a good enough job listening to them, which is what I told you would be their excuse all along. All the mask mandates, all the lockdowns, you cannot look at what happened in this country over this winter and say, yeah, we, we stopped the virus. Remember, at the beginning, it was flatten the curve, which is just a slowing of cases. We got sold into this with the understanding that, oh, this virus was going to spread. We just didn't want it to all hit at once. So we were trying to extend the caseload over a longer period of time to make sure that we didn't overwhelm hospital capacity. Let me ask you this. How many hospitals were overwhelmed in this country, unable? And when I say a hospital, if someone had to go from one hospital to another where they had that, that's not an overwhelmed hospital system. So you still get care. How many places were there people who were unable to be treated for COVID-19 in America because the hospital system simply had no more doctors, no more beds, nothing? Last I checked, it was zero. How many times did you hear that was going to happen? I don't know. A thousand news articles probably came across my screen. Oh, the overwhelmed, the hospitals close to overwhelmed, about to be overwhelmed. Who was telling you last June that test and trace was moronic moronic for a disease at this level of spread 
What? They, do you, they're going to they're going to trace 100,000 cases a day. I mean, are, are they kidding? They're, they're going to find everyone who's been in contact with hundreds of thousands of people across the country. And that's how we're going to fight the virus. Yeah, that's remember you were hearing a lot. Nancy Pelosi test, 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 trace. Test and trace was supposed to be what would be necessary to get us out of this. They actually had test and trace mandates in place for New York before we could reopen. And then they realized they were never going to get it in place in time. So they had to finally reopen without actually meeting their own standards. They've been wrong so much. When when are we allowed to say enough is enough? They've been wrong so many times. Now they're telling you double mask. I said they would they would tell you this is what we needed to do. It's on record. I said it months ago. And people who are now saying double mask shouted me down. That's idiotic. Don't say you don't know what you're listen to science. Listen to Fauci. The bleating of sheep. They're really sheep whose aspiration as a society is to turn into lemmings so they can take us all over the cliff together. All because they think if they listen to the so smart people, we'll be safer, we'll be fine, we'll all live forever. I got news for them. None of us will. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The media is worried about that, obviously. You guys really love that. Uh, You don't care as much if it's a, quote, peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if they're celebrating a Biden election. You only care about if it's people that you don't like. So I'm a Bucks fan. I'm damn proud of what they did on Sunday night. And so in terms of the U.K. variant, here's what we know. We know, based on all the the evidence, that these vaccines are going to be effective against that. And that's really the the, the main concern. I mean, we're getting our seniors vaccinated. Uh, We've not seen any data or any evidence to suggest that these vaccines uh, are not effective. And so if we get the seniors vaccinated, we're going to be good. uh, And that's what we're going to do. Not panicking, not allowing the media narrative to drive policy. Governor DeSantis just saying... We, we got this. We're going to do what is reasonable and what we can do. And that's all I ask for. That's all I've wanted all along for politicians to understand that a do no harm approach for covid policy would have been far better than what we've had because they've made so much worse. They've politicized the hell out of this thing. And we see it all the time. If there are people that the media doesn't like who aren't wearing masks outside, inside, doesn't matter. It's a front page news story. If there are BLM protesters for justice. Oh, yes, they've achieved so much of that, haven't they? So much justice. Uh, Then we're told that it's fine, that the virus all of a sudden will take a kind of holiday and nothing will happen. That's just not true. And yet there's the possibility the federal government will Go after Florida here. That's right. The federal government may decide to make an example of Ron DeSantis and those who support his approach. This is from the Miami Herald. The Biden administration is considering whether to impose domestic travel restrictions, including on Florida, fearful that coronavirus mutations are threatening to reverse hard fought progress on the pandemic. Now, 
Notice that they're going they're going specifically after Florida here because they're saying, oh, they've and, and the excuse is, well, they found more of the variants in Florida. Does anyone think that the variants of the UK strain or the South Africa strain or whatever strain are limited to Florida at this point? Does, does anyone really think that the the federal government isn't isn't a little bit at least uh, thinking about how they can slap down? The DeSantis approach because it undermines what has Joe Biden done that's better than what Trump was doing. Name one thing on COVID response. One thing. Oh, man, a double mask. I'm wearing a double mask because I, you know, because I believe in the science. So, you know, I triple mask. I'm triple masking. It, you know, the problem with everyone thinking that the masks are going to be our salvation here is that people unmask themselves in front of other people constantly. You can't have an entirely masked society. And so over time, people are just exposed to this. Over time, essentially, everybody gets exposed to it. They've led us to believe if only we listen more, some people would never even come into contact with the virus to be fine. No real threat of infection. Well, we're seeing how that plan has worked out so far. How much worse would it be anywhere else? Take a look at what's going on here. The Biden administration imposing possible domestic travel restrictions. I am starting to get really worried that the reset in the stock market, in the economy, and a a great financial calamity is coming to this country because of moron, woke, lib Biden voters. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you look at the projection, I would imagine by the time we get to April, that will be what I would call for, you know, for better wording, open season. Namely, virtually everybody and anybody in any category could start to get vaccinated. Now, shouldn't that mean that we could establish at some point? All right, everybody. We've all had our chance to get vaccinated. Can't we just decide now? Okay, by June, we go back to normal life. Enough. They won't do that. In fact, Fauci's already said that you should be prepared to wear your mask and all the nonsense, all the anxiety, all the finger pointing from the the anxious little tattletales that watch too much MSNBC. How dare you take your mask off in the store to drink water? You're putting us all at risk. How much longer we'll deal with that till at least the end of this year, he says. And then if Fauci's telling you by November or December, we can start to let our guard down, as he calls it. Oh, it'll be it'll be next summer before they finally take their grubby little fingers out of your life. That's what that's what you're really. Oh, and they've done such a great job, haven't they? With with all the mitigation measures and stopping the virus. Hasn't it been amazing listening to all these people? Mass compliance, highest it's ever been by far. Look what that did for us over the winter. Oh, it was magical, wasn't it? We had we had such a great result. It's awful. And yet, if we listen this time around, they promise us everything will be so much better. There's no, you know, there's no. uh leeway whatsoever for individual choice here because of course you're a threat to other people it's like well isn't that interesting they've created a narrative here 
where they can continue this forever if they want to. They have new variants, new strains of the virus. Maybe they we've gotten into the maybe this could be true. So let's build policy on it stage of the panic, the covid panic that has been forced on all of us. Perfect example. Where is the science on if you are vaccinated and or have already had and cleared the disease officially? You were tested. You had it. You got sick. You're better that you should still mask and quarantine. Well, it's because we haven't done massive specific studies for covid-19 about how long you have immunity, but we know that based on all other science to date, based on all other data we have about vaccinations, you're going to be immune for quite some time, unless somehow this is different. But, oh, the possibility is enough. Everyone still has to mask. You know what this is really about? They realize that if they made the allowance for people who had gotten vaccinated not to mask, there'd probably be people who just say, you know what, I'm not going to mask anymore, period. And that's that's why, because because their explanation is absurd. Otherwise, oh, you could you can get the virus and spread the virus, but your body's already protected against it. Is, is that true of other viruses? Is, is that a common thing that that occurs in science, in medicine? No, but with this one, maybe it is. That's what they tell you. So because they can't prove that they're. Theory that goes against all other vaccination data and science for, you know, for over, well, first vaccinations were around the year 1800s. We're going on a couple hundred years, but certainly the last hundred years of modern medicine. And yeah, now they're telling you, well, we can't prove I'm not wrong. So wear your mask. And it's a symbol of all this stuff, all the restrictions, all the continued uh, hell that they put people through. And to give you an idea of how how stupid they really are, right? Remember, I told you test and trace as a means of controlling the virus was stupid, and I was right. No one, they could put any MD up against me, any PhD. I said, how are you going to do? This isn't about, oh, but I look at slides under a microscope, and I have an MD, PhD, MPH, blah, blah. It's just logic. You're going to find hundreds of thousands of cases a day? You're going to track all these people down and say, excuse me, can you quarantine? And what would that even do? Can you quarantine, please? Uh, no. Boop. What are you going to send people with guns to everyone's house? Make them stay at home? Is this is this communist China? I know some Democrats want it to be. Test and trace was a joke. Double masking was coming because masking did not work sufficiently, even with mass adoption. That is what happened in this country. So now it's double masking or better fitted masks, to which I just say, Triple mask, baby. We already saw there was a news story on uh, on NBC or maybe it was CNBC talking about how effective triple masking would be. And sure enough. Now, some people are going to start doing that. So I knew that was going to happen. And, and there are so many of these these rules, these regulations that are idiotic. But if you tell them that they yell at you. I'm amazed at how many people I'm trying to give them back some autonomy, some freedom, some dignity, get some of their dignity back that has been taken from them by the Fauciites. Got to be terrified of relatives. They told you to be afraid of your family members over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Remember, every two weeks it was, oh, my gosh, the explosion from the holidays. No, it was called wintertime and there were more viruses spreading then, as is always the case. They wanted you to avoid family members. 
there'll be a lot of people who don't die from COVID, but this was their last Christmas or this was their last Thanksgiving. And if they listen to Fauci, they didn't spend it with family. Thanks, Fauci. And now they're talking about a test before you can get on for domestic uh, domestic flights, a test for covid. Oh, gee, that's not going to be a giant pain in the ass. What is it going to be? Three days before, two days before. When when are you good? You know that there are a number of there are a number of people who um, are going to get false positives. That's just baked into the testing system, because especially the way they were doing it before with the amplification of the of the virus particles with the the way they were doing it was at such a sensitive level that it would pick up old virus, dead virus, discarded virus. They've, I I believe, begun to scale that back a little bit. And so now they're telling you you have to test before you get on a plane. You could still get sick the day after you get on the plane. And also we're taking precautions on planes. I, I thought planes were supposed to be pretty safe. What the heck happened? I thought if we wore our masks on the plane, it's not that big a deal. It's an acceptable risk. This is all about acceptable risk. And then the dumbest thing of all. But it's political. That's why I understand why they're doing it. It's not really about science. It's definitely not about keeping you safe. It's political. Where are we with domestic restrictions on travel? That there's a possibility that that could even happen. This is back to this piece in the Miami Herald where they're saying, quote, The Biden administration is considering whether to impose domestic travel restrictions, including on Florida, fearful that coronavirus mutations are threatening to reverse hard fought progress on the pandemic. By the way, the progress is it's burning through our population and we have vaccinations. That's the only progress that's happening. We haven't contained it. We didn't stop it. Obviously. Outbreaks of the new variants, including a highly contagious one first identified in the United Kingdom, as well as others from South Africa and Brazil that scientists worry can evade existing vaccines, have lent urgency to a review of potential travel restrictions within the United States. Discussions in the administration over potential travel restrictions do not target a specific state, but focus on how to prevent the spread of variants that are surging in a number of states, including Florida and California. But, oh, this was this was so interesting to see. You mean the place that we're oh, this article has been updated. I was going to say that they've been some of this language has been changed since I read it yesterday. The addition of California in there. Everybody latched onto this and they said, hold on a second, because the initial headlines were just about Florida. They're going to have travel restrictions in place for Florida. How is that going to stop the virus? Let's let's just sit here for a second. This means that people they were trying to test this one out. They're putting it out there as kind of a trial balloon. People in and around the Biden administration at the top level. This means Fauci, of course. Fauci's just sitting there like the little bureaucrat hack he is. And he's talking to whomever on Biden's task force and probably Biden himself. And they're thinking, you know, Florida's got these uh, problems I'm hearing with the new the new strain, the new variant, you know. Maybe we got to do a little something about that. Oh, you mean you're going to isolate and perhaps even quarantine from travel one state in order to protect us all from the South African variant, which is not more deadly. They just say it's more transmissible. 
They don't know that it goes around any vaccinations. They have no proof of that. These are just theories. But you see, when they want to do something, a theoretical justification for it is enough. Oh, you can't travel the floor anymore. Why? Because we're not sure if the vaccines will work against this variant that there's 100 cases, I think, or 200 cases of it in Florida. Okay, but it could. The vaccine may well work against it. We don't know that. So what? Oh, yeah, but we got to we got to take the precaution. As if it's only in Florida or only in a few states. And then let's let's take a step back even further. How dumb are the people in charge, really? I mean, do not let the possibility that we are truly ruled by morons ever stray too far from your mind. Okay, you're going to limit domestic uh, domestic airline travel. Well, this thing exists in America called cars and people go to other places. They go to other states and they see other human beings. So unless you're going to do a full on statewide quarantine lockdown, no one in or out. What are you really going to accomplish? And so it's a dumb idea, top to bottom. It's it's an enormous an an enormous uh, restriction of the rights of Americans to travel freely between the states. And I know they haven't done it, but the fact that they're even considering it just shows they would love Nothing more than an opportunity. They'd love nothing more than an opportunity to take a big shot at Florida. Because the data, the data is there now. Last 12 months, you don't you're you're picking where you're going to be just based on the on the economy and the covid response. You'd rather be in New York or Florida. Rather be in New Jersey or Florida. Rather be in California or Florida. You go down the list. It's pretty clear they got to do something about this. They can't they can't allow this narrative to continue because it's a threat to their continued power. And, and then uh, there's just one more thing back to this other point. When do you think this really stops? I want you to really keep that in mind, because if possibilities are enough for infringements on your liberty and on your day to day life. You don't think they can always conjure up another possible strain, another possible variant? Libs have no problem with this. They, they, they have no issue at all with the they like this stay at home Zoom life. They like wearing the mask. They they like having working class people out there being the ones that are actually exposing themselves to the virus while they just stay at home and type in their computers with their mask on. Oh, my gosh. They're fine with it. They think the mask is no. But they, they, they always say, oh, it's like seatbelt wearing. It's like, really? Do you have to wear a seatbelt when you go for a walk alone? in the woods with your dog because that's what these idiot libs want now i worry i worry this country has has lost uh has lost guts that our population we're just we're too we're just too soft and and uh you know as long as we're to borrow from it's a souls and eats in line as long as we're safe and warm and fed it's all the same to us doesn't really matter you know whatever they tell you to do we'll just do it you know, it'd be one of the bad people. I'm amazed, amazed at what my fellow Americans have been willing to go through. I tried my own little private acts of, uh, of protest against this, and eventually the system overwhelmed me too. Won't silence me. I still speak about it, but I'm not going to get arrested for being the one person in Manhattan who refuses to wear a mask, right? It's, it's just not worth it. 
Because everyone else around here is like, oh my gosh, he's killing grandma. They've all been brainwashed. They can't, another problem here is they can't disassociate this from Trump. They view this as a Trump thing. I could care less what Trump says or, or does about or did about the uh, mask situation or the virus in general. This is about right now. They just don't want to give up the control. You're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at BuckSexton.com. It's nearly a unanimous opinion from health officials. The schools have not been particularly high sources of transmission, that they have been safe places for adequate ventilation and social distancing, that schools have been safe. And so many American parents, of course, want their children to be back there. The Biden administration has caught some real criticism on this, that they seem to be not living up to the goals that uh, President Biden first set out. And yes, Press Secretary Saki suggested that the one day a week, that that would, first of all, the sheer number of schools but they're talking about narrowed that it would be the, the younger kids uh, as opposed to the older kids and that alienated some parents and then that yes that one day a week for a certain percentage of students would be enough to hit their threshold she walked this back a little bit yesterday she said they're still pressing forward they that she acknowledged that they that, that they want this is still a major centerpiece of their plan but it does seem like right now that they are behind on that uh, while and that's something that they have taken criticism for as we see schools like Chicago cities like Chicago and Philadelphia uh, have real issues. And there's a sense that they're being reluctant to challenge the teachers unions to put those teachers back in classrooms. There's not a sense. There's the obvious reality that the teachers unions are just using this for maximum leverage for their adults at the expense of kids. That's it. That's it. Democrats need them. Democrats want their donations, want their support. And remember, it's not even just the federal level. It's really important at the state and local level, too. The whole Democrat machinery doesn't want to touch teachers unions, although they're they're in the back pocket of the Democrat Party or rather the Democrat Party is in the back pocket of the unions. But why is this so important to look at? Here we have put in front of us the most clear possible data. We've run the experiment. We have private and pub, uh, private and parochial schools have been open for months. They're fine. All the data from America, from Europe, from every country in the world. Children are fine. There's no real risk. Democrats won't act on it. Democrats won't act on it. This this is the if you needed proof that they are unreasonable and acting in bad faith on COVID-19. Here is your clear as it can possibly be proof that that is what is going on. You know, I think some folks are just coming to this recognition now for a lot of the rest of us. It's it's hard not to say, yeah, I told you so. This was never about protecting the kids. This was never about keeping you safe either. For a lot of Democrats, the shutdown of the schools was one thing and one thing only. Using the kids as hostages to get adults easier, better paying, lazier jobs. That's it. That they're unfireable from courtesy of uh, their taxpayer paychecks. That's what's really going on. This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. What should we make now of what we've seen so far and what we're going to see in this uh, impeachment trial? I'm trying to only take the important takeaways and give them to you folks. So let's bring in our friend Ned Ryan. He's the founder of American Majority. Tell us what he's seeing. Ned, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good, but good to be with you. And, uh, you know, it's interesting times we live in. 
but uh, I was thinking yesterday as I watched Ted Lou and Eric Swalwell, you know, I guess uh, if you're going to have a proper circus, you got to have a parade of clowns. And so one after one of those clowns came up and, you know, it, it, it's the big lie. I mean, this is the thing, Buck, that I think people, I hope, understand that all of this, not, not neither impeachment was based in fact, right? There, there are no facts involved with the first one, and there's no facts really involved with this one. Uh, and it's based on a big lie, and you know that Democrats know it, too, because they edited out three very key words in their video, peaceful and patriotic, uh, when they were trying to, to show in this video that somehow Trump incited violence and sedition and insurrection. But, of course, they edited out three very key words in that. It's all a big lie uh, based off uh, them trying to pin down uh, President Trump on, on somehow inciting all of this, when, in fact, it wasn't insurrection. Uh, at worst, it was it was a riot of some really stupid people. And, and again, we're finding out facts too, Buck. This was premeditated. People, there now there now is evidence that there were plans being made months ahead of time to do this at the Capitol. And in fact, we now know that those pipe bombs were actually planted at the DNC and the RNC the night before. So all of this is a big lie. And, and my supposition in all of this, Buck, is it's a big lie to cover the big rig, right? If you're if you're distracted by this. You're not focused on that Time magazine article talking about the big rig of what they actually did in 2020. So this is all kind of, I think, part of their plan to distract people because they're not they're never going to convict them. Tell us more Republicans. Go ahead. To convict him. And they already said it was unconstitutional to continue on with this trial. Tell us about the the Time magazine 2020 article that was celebrating. I mean, you're somebody who understands the inner workings of elections and what actually goes on oh. here. From messaging to ballot boxes. I mean, you're, you're somebody who knows that top to bottom. What were they celebrating about how they stacked the deck in 2020 in favor of, you know, in favor of the Democrats? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would encourage people, if you've not read Molly Ball's article uh, at Time magazine about the secret campaign to save the 2020 elections, which, of course, they demolished electoral integrity to to fortify the election. I thought that was one of the most curious Orwellian words I've seen in recent times. They weren't rigging the election, but they were fortifying it. But it it really was the big rig. It was collusion between big tech, big labor unions, Chamber of Commerce, who has always been, they've always been problematic. They've always been more corporatist than capitalist. Uh, and obviously the big tech not only playing a, a role in in basically stopping the free flow of information, right, censoring the New York Post, uh, Google not really letting some of this information that would be damaging to Joe Biden come out. And on top of that, you know, I've, I've talked about this some, but people need to be aware of what Mark Zuckerberg did with the Center for Tech and Civic Life, in which he dropped $350 million, uh, into a nonprofit that then was used to pay, private funds used to pay uh, election officials in these battleground states, specifically in blue counties and blue cities, to boost the blue vote, Democratic vote. I mean, literally by a margin of 10 to 1, fuck. We know in Wisconsin, thanks to the Amistad Project, that in Wisconsin alone, the Center for Tech and Civic Life money was basically $47 per vote inside of blue counties and blue cities versus more to $4 to $7 in Republican counties. So what they were doing in this Time article, and I have to tell you, when I first read it last week, Buck, I was torn between feelings of being completely infuriated because they completely destroyed, I believe, in my mind, and are now proud of it, Americans' ability to truly self-govern, right? They're, they're kind of done with democracy, right? We're not going to let this happen in such a way. We're going to manipulate it and rig it to get the election results we want to make sure that the great outsider doesn't win again. And so you start to really understand, and they're proud of it. And so you're infuriated at the same time 
But the thing that concerns me, it, they only brag about these things that they think they've won, right? People that are this brazen think they've somehow pulled it off or the American people are too stupid to understand what they actually did or just simply not going to pay attention. So I would encourage everybody, go read that Time article. And I hope you have the same feeling I, I did, complete, completely infuriated by what they did in manipulating our 2020 elections. We're speaking to Ned Ryan, founder of American Majority. Ned, I, I also have to say that it seems as this impeachment farce uh, continues on with this in, in this uh, trial this week, there are very important things that are not known publicly and I do not believe are known by members of the Senate who are supposed to be adjudicating this whole thing. And the first one that comes to mind is how is it that we were told, and, and I, I am somebody who, who fell into this category, we were told something as straightforward as a, a police officer was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. That was the report, right? It, it, given, the, given the violence, there was violence involving cops. They did hit them, and you know there, there were, there were uh, scuffles, and there was uh, assaults on officers. But we were told that somebody was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher or at least was hit with a fire extinguisher and died as a result of the injury. And now it's quite clear that that is not what happened. How could we have? I mean, that has been the singular. That was the murder that was supposed to be the basis of the violent insurrection narrative, because other than that, you have what's clearly a riot. You have people running around, taking photos, being idiots, breaking the law, should be punished, no question. But it seems pretty important that we get the Officer Sicknick story correct. But yet we don't have it. We don't know. No, and I I think I would encourage people to to read two articles that uh, have been done on this very specific topic. One is Julie Kelly's at American Greatness. I believe it either ran yesterday or the day before, but Julie Kelly at American Greatness. And at Revolver News, uh, Darren Beatty, I'm not sure if Darren was the actual author of it, but there's another good piece on this at Revolver News about the exact same issue in which this was pushed, this was, you know, this this officer sent me, it was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher, this is murder, etc. And now they're realizing, yeah, that those aren't really the facts. There's a lot of questions about that. There are a lot of questions about, obviously, the premeditation, the FBI's knowledge of this. Apparently, they knew it beforehand. You know, Mark Meadows came out the other day and said, Trump realized that with that, that many people in D.C. and a lot of people coming in that we should have more National Guard. He made a request to have more National Guard in the city before January 6th. Mayor, Mayor Bowser said no. I mean, there's a lot of different details that, that need to be addressed and understood. But again, that, again, I, I go back to my earlier point. Neither of these impeachments or the trials had anything to do with facts. And, and, and the ultimate purpose, and I wrote about this at American Greatness yesterday, is to basically say that any dissent to our narrative, any dissent to our status quo, to our system, uh, will not be tolerated. We will punish you financially, your your reputation. We will shut you down. Now dissent is not patriotic. In fact, it's seditious and it's in your insurrectionist. And in fact, you're even a domestic terrorist. Dissent will not be allowed. And how dare you question us? But the other thing, too, Buck, really quick, that, that's kind of fascinating to me, people that really think they have one that really feel confident about this, don't do this, right? There's almost an element of fear in some of the things that they're doing, trying to get get Trump disqualified from running again, trying to shut down 74 plus million people and saying, you know, you made a bad choice. We're going to take away your, your right to choose any candidate moving forward. And if you choose the wrong one, there'll be, there'll be consequences for you. But there's almost this element of fear 
uh, of what they're doing because I don't know how confident they really actually feel because they really had to do a lot of things to kind of rig to get the, the results they wanted to. And it doesn't feel like they're terribly confident in their position right now. I mean, that's at least one of my, my, my thoughts. Ned, I, I also think that everyone should should be aware, in, in my estimation, what's going on here is that they're, they're setting a narrative of, of events with this Senate trial that is actually in many ways more, more to create the basis for steps that have nothing to do with this, right, to, to create the basis for enhanced counterterrorism-based surveillance of Trump supporters, to create a narrative oh, of, of, of kicking people off of social media who are Trump supporters because of violence policies, and that, that, that essentially this, what, the, what the, the Democrat Senate is doing right now, or Democrats on the Senate are doing right now, is creating the excuse for the abuse of Trump supporters that's going to occur in the rest of society, and they're going to point to this 100%. trial and say, see, those were the facts presented. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I mean, I, I think we're in a very dangerous period in American politics in which they are trying to, for all intents and purposes, dehumanize a very significant percentage of the population. Right. If you can say these people were insurrectionists, they're domestic terrorists, they're un-American. If you can say that and actually convince enough of the American people, well, maybe they're right. Maybe these people are very dangerous. Well, then it'll, it lays the groundwork for you to be able to justify what you're going to do next. You know, and be able to to punish them, whether it's censor them, whether, you know, it, it's all it, it's concerning. You don't even really want to think about where they're headed. But I know this is the first step in a very dangerous path. If you want to be able to do certain things to people, you have to first dehumanize them. And then once you dehumanize them in a certain segment of the population's eyes, you can do whatever you want to them moving forward. Deeply troubling, deeply concerning. Ned, uh, Ned Ryan is the founder of American Majority. And, and Ned, to that end, uh, you're a guy who is in the political trenches and you're trying to actually organize and mobilize people for constitutionalism, conservatism. What do we do now? I, I keep getting this question and it's one that I think there's no there's no single answer. It's, a, it's really an evolving answer as as more situations arise here. But what do we say to people right now who are feeling exactly what I think you and I are, which is that this is a precarious moment in American politics. How do we go forward? Well, first of all, I think people need to, to fully understand what they did last year. And one of our big projects with American Majority this year is Electoral Integrity Project, in which we're going to be spelling out, here's what they did in 2020, using the Time article, using the Honest Dead Projects report, using some of our other research that we pulled together to really explain to people Here's what happened in 2020. We can never let it happen again, right? With universal mail-in ballots, uh, you know, twice as many absentee ballots cast this time around than there were in 2016. A lot of questions about the validity of a lot of those votes. So explain to people what took place and then reform items. And I'm telling people what you need to be focused on over the next 18 months, because I really do feel this buck that we've got one shot at the Death Star. When you see some of the things that, that Nancy Pelosi and these people are doing to kind of entrench some of the stuff they got away with last year and turn it into law. I think we've got one shot at it between now and 2022. We've got to do electoral reform. And there's a there's a whole list of electoral reforms that we're going to be going through, whether it's dealing with absentee ballot laws, state legislators actually knowing their rights, and you can't skirt state constitutions. We're, we're going to try and clean uh, voter rolls. Dirty data leads to dirty elections. And then encourage people as as they find out the right bills that are being uh, pushed in these state legislatures to actually call 
and lobby their elected officials on that to make sure reform happens. And at the same time, to take it another step, Buck. I think some people that are listening and, and people that we're going to be training moving forward this year, I'm going to challenge you got to run for county clerk. You got to run for county registrar. You got to run for these municipal level positions that have oversight into elections. Some of them might even actually end up running for secretary of state or other positions that have to do with the electoral process because we cannot allow what happened in 2020 to take place again because it really was uh, hollowed out the American right to self-governance. It was manipulated. Laws were broken and skirted. State constitutions were skirted. And we've got to be aware of what took place and then follow those action items and get it done before 2022. And I have to tell you, Buck, there are 27 Republican governors out there. There are 23 trifectas in which we have in the state, the governor, the state Senate, and the state house. If we do not have meaningful legislation in at least those 23 states, uh, you know, I, I'm going to question Republicans' intelligence uh, on this issue because they have to address this. And if they don't, Republicans, I, I don't think they might never win a national election again. And if it gets really bad, they'll never win an election at any level inside of a battleground state. Ned, one last quick one for you. What do you think the pre- or the former president's thoughts are on running again, Donald Trump? I think the real test is 2022. Uh, if he wants to be the kingmaker and really show some political clout in 2022 and pick a, a series of House races and Senate races and do rallies and raise money and have a huge impact, right? A huge winning percentage in 2022. I think it sets the stage for running again in 2024. For, for me, the, the 2022 elections and his role and his impact on those elections really are indicative of what he'll do in 2024. Ned Ryan of America Majority, everybody. Ned, always a pleasure. Thanks, Buck.